finish. Hold on, let me 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 finish. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy JT007 coming at y'all with another episode of Hold On Let Me Finish. Got a special guest. As promised, we're going to talk some more basketball with the bubble in full effect, playoffs in full effect. Got my man, Mr. Sports with Levon Whitaker on the show. Appreciate you, my man, for joining us, man. Right on, man. Glad to be here, man. I really appreciate the invite. You know, ready to get it cracking, bro. Hey, man, it was, it was well overdue. You know, I've been on your show multiple times. I was in a little hiatus at that time, so I always said when we came back with something, wanted to make sure I had you on. We talked about collabing and stuff, too, so that'll be coming hopefully in the near future, see what we can do with that. But um, without further ado, man, I just want to ask you, you know, what is your analysis on the bubble right now, the bubble basketball we've been watching for the last few weeks? Man, you know what? The bubble is probably one of the most interesting things we ever going to see in sports history. Uh, thanks to COVID, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's you know good and the bad thing. It's bittersweet, but you know the level of competition that we're seeing, the um, different uh, dynamic of basketball that we're going to see because these guys practically practically live on the same campus together and they see each other every day. Um, so it, it's different, man. And, and I start by I also add this: I was one who wasn't in favor of the NBA coming back. Really, I did not want the NBA to, NBA to return because of the, the everything that's going on in the world regarding regarding um, regarding the race issue. Um, so I thought that this actually would take away from the movement, you know, from the actual purpose of you know the systemic uh, issues going on in the world right now. Wow. So well, with that being said, you know, I wasn't anticipating us diving into that, but I'm glad you opened <laughs> that door. So with that being said, I mean, how do you feel? they've done so far with keeping the focus on that? Do you feel like they've kept the focus on that or did a good job or decent job or do you still stand like they should have not came back? Um, really my view on it was that, um, you know, with everybody, you know, I think the NBA has done a great job keeping it, keeping that momentum and keeping that um, that aim in the right direction, you know. I thought that NBA coming back, you know, cops, you know, killing black men, black women, every day, or just other races, um, in general, every day, man, I felt like it would have. They can see those same men run up and down the court, men and women, because WNBA too. Yeah. You know, see those same men and women up, run up and down the court every day. Then they go kill somebody else, or you know, hurt or harm somebody else to look just like the people on the court. Gotta look just like LeBron James, but because he's not in the NBA, because he's not making a hundred million dollars, you know, this guy's life is on the line, and the odds are just more are, are aren't his are in that person's favor because they're not in the NBA. But you can go sit down on your couch. Do what you do, love you know, and look and and drink a beer or whatever, and watch those same colored people play the game. But I think the NBA done a great job overall. Um, however, I do think that other other leagues, other um, sports, have taken this movement, have taken this time to create a movement rather than to support it, and it's just become the more popular thing to do to to support Black Lives Matter than the right thing to do. Yeah. Um I mean, I definitely, I sensed that pretty early on as far as the trendiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen a lot of people on social media that have never addressed any sort of social issue, um, racial discrimination or anything of the sort. And now it's everybody wants to have an input on it or post a picture with your fists in the air or post a picture of you at a protest. Like, mm-hmm. it, I sensed that real, really early, early on as far as the trendiness of it. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. 
Um, we're sitting here right now looking at the Thunder and Rockets game right now as they're playing the playoffs. This is a Thursday. And um, as you look up at the top of the court, one of the first things you see is Black Lives Matter. Um, I really feel like the NBA took a really strong leadership approach with everything they've done, even even back to when they initially had shut down. You know, I feel like that was the biggest domino when the NBA did that. Everybody else in corporate America or around the world kind of looked or around the country, I should say, kind of looked at that to say, okay, maybe we should do something with our business. Like I know once the NBA shut down, the next day in my next day we went in the office. That was the first thing we were talking about. Like, yo, the yeah. NBA just shut down. Like, what are we still doing coming to work? Like, a week went by and we had to go home too. So right. I mean, like, I really kind of felt like they set the precedent with that. To which kind of tying that into this, I feel like what they're doing now is kind of setting the precedent for other leagues and how you should act and keep the keep the foot to the pedal when it comes to these social issues. Right. Um, right. So I definitely would say I'm glad they came back. Um, I was a little. A little apprehensive. I wouldn't say I wasn't in favor of it because, I mean, just me, my personal beliefs and my personal uh, feelings anyway as far as loving the game. Like, I definitely wanted to see some basketball game. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the NBA did a really good job with that. A lot of NBA players in their interviews, which is what I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody had asked me before, like, you know, what did I think I would see when it came to NBA players protesting? And that was one of the things I brought up as far as I see them in their interviews making everything about Social uh, social injustice, and mm-hmm. which you've been seeing that a lot. Um, but let's not dive too deep into that. Yeah, we got to make sure we My talk bad. about some other stuff. No, you're good. You're good. That was me going on that tangent. I couldn't help myself. But, um, no, with that being said, though, what do you feel about the playoffs, what you've seen so far? Do you feel like a lot of the talk right now has been, you know, there's not a real home court advantage? Um, you know, just what you said, NBA players, you know, it's a different environment to where you either on the road, so you in the hotel on some games, or now everybody's in the hotel, essentially. Or, you know, you take some time, you take a shower, then you're going back to your room, maybe two hours after the game, you finally get back home. And, like, so some of these players are saying, like, you know, they back in their rooms, relax and stuff within 30 minutes. We've seen that uh, video, viral video come yeah. out of Donovan Mitchell right after that 57-point performance with Jamal Murray. Yeah. He's sitting right next to him. Like, that's unorthodox to even see something like that. What do you feel about how the bubble is in the playoffs so far? Man, you know, normally with the playoffs, your only, your only, your, your first couple of things that you say, if you're watching, if you're keeping, if you're keeping up with everything, you're saying, well, now it's, things are zero zero, uh, it's zero zero, and you worried about traveling, you worried about going to having a home court advantage, like you mentioned before. Well, now you know it's simply, is is zero zero. You get it's not proper seating because you had to play in, you had the the seating game. So it's not necessarily proper seating. So you're looking at the one and eight seed and the two and seven, like the Clippers and the and the Mavericks, you look at the Lakers and the and the Trailblazers, and it's probably not really one and eight. It's probably not really two and seven. This is just more competition. And I think this is something that the NBA should take a look at going forward to say, I'm gonna get off track here just for a second. The NBA should take a look at it going forward and say, man, should we really do a one through eight on East and West, or should we go back and look at that 16 overall ranking? This might really make things a lot better from um, you know, from a from a seeding standpoint moving forward. It might be something to try and see how it goes for a year, but you don't stick to it. But to jump back to your question, man, I think the, the playoffs right now are just unreal. Uh, the NBA has done a great job of creating that atmosphere with the virtual fans, allowing fans to be interactive, the the, um, the 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 families of the players 
introducing them i think you know just the production of this is really just like it's, it's unreal like I, if i had to compare it to something i've seen before man i've seen beyonce and jay-z in concert and like they're produ- <laughs> i seen them in chicago like two years ago on the on the run tour man it was unlike anything i've ever seen you know the led lights the big screens and that's pretty much you've seen it here on the nba they put their best foot forward with their production and um uh, and then they they um and they doubled down on it with making sure that they um, continue to support Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and um, back to your your point, your quick tangent you went on with the seating. Um, I feel like that that probably won't happen just because the owners have to vote on that, you yeah. know, and, and the Eastern Conference owners, of course, you're not going to try to take money out your own pocket because we know how lucrative the playoffs can be mm-hmm. for your franchise. But that really should happen as the West continues to get more and more powerful. Like, just think about what we've seen this year in the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Who are you going to take out next year when it comes to the Warriors getting back? You got Steph and Clay coming back. And then you got, you know, we've seen what the Suns look like at the towards the end of the year. We seen OKC. We didn't think they were going to be here, but we see where they are, you know, and they're point competing two chance. hard. You know what I'm saying? 0.2 chance to make the playoffs, man. That's crazy. 0.2? I didn't <laughs> that see that. That was 0.2 chance. Wow. To make, when the season first started, had a 0.2 chance. Of making their playoffs because of the loss of Russell Westbrook, the acquisition of and of Paul George lost Paul George and Paul too. George also. And one thing I add to that also is that um I, honestly man I think moving forward even if you don't do the whole sixteen team seating maybe this type of atmosphere is better for the NBA playoffs. Maybe you move forward it's not virtual but you know you can have fans there and stuff like that and have everybody on one campus as far as the players go. Hell I don't no, think that's I don't think that's a bad idea. It cuts costs on travel. It makes things <laughs> it makes things a lot more personal if you're looking at the, you're looking at it from a player standpoint. Things just get a lot more personal and it's a change at the end of the day. It's different. I mean I've definitely heard some players like this because and what it seems to me honestly if I feel like more of a role player you like this environment better because exactly. Now you don't have to deal with the ruckus fans on the road and stuff <laughs> like that. But I know like a lot of players, for instance, you know, LeBron's been talking about this a lot. And, you know, he even had that stance where they first talked about not playing playing uh, without fans. He was like, I'm not doing that. You know, when, yeah. early on, before, yeah. before this got spiked up, he was like, you know, I'm not doing that. That's what I play for. To which maybe that's a part of the Lakers struggles right now, which not necessarily what we're talking about. But I feel Ooh. like for some players, though, they do need that that chant, you know, those those cheers and Definitely. stuff, that praise to come behind. Because you got to think about it from a standpoint of, you know, you growing up all your life, when's the last time you probably played in an empty state, an empty gym? You know what I'm saying? Maybe one AAU tournament at 8 o'clock in the morning or yeah. something where can't nobody get up in and time? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe. But other than that, <laughs> you always got fans in some facet, and now you're playing without them all together. And I feel like that it really does make this a lot different. I'm surprised yeah. the play has been as good as it's been, to be honest. Exactly. That's what surprised me more than anything. These have been some great games, not too many blowouts, even before the playoffs. Yeah. So that's what kind of surprised me more than anything. But I would say I, I think the NBA has done a great job. I'm enjoying the playoffs right now. It does feel different at times. Mm-hmm. Like when some yeah. games I'm watching, it gets real quiet and stuff. Or somebody will do something, and I'm like, I'm expecting I'm jumping up, screaming in the crib. Right. I'm expecting it to be loud in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Ain't nobody in there. But <laughs> it's just like that's that's the different part. But I do think as far as the seeding thing, like I said, as the NBA, as the West continues to get better, they got to look at that in some facet. Or else there's going to be a lot of talented players talented teams that we're never going to get a chance to see in this light because of how powerful the West is. Like, the Pelicans, I thought they had a chance to make the playoffs. Now, after watching how they play in the bubble, 
I don't know if they can even make it next year right now. Like right. like I said, Golden State gonna be back in full strength. Like you got Phoenix who looked good even before, you know, once Aiden got hurt or got suspended, that's yeah. when they kinda went downhill. But before mm-hmm. then they was playing really good. They were. I think they beat the Clippers before that before he left out. You're right, yep. And so like yeah, and then they just went eight and on the bubble and stuff. So yeah, I mean I think that would be a good idea. But um one thing I did wanna ask you though is who do you feel like in the playoffs is what we're talking about now though. Who do you feel like will be the first team to kind of get that surprising upset? People are going to be kind of turning, you know, breaking some necks. They're looking like, oh, that person just, they really just lost? Like, we've seen that with the Bucks when they lost to Orlando. We've seen that with the Lakers. But some people expected that because we are we all all agree that Portland is not really a 8 seed. They're probably the best 8 seed that's ever happened. Um, but who do you feel like be the first team to get eliminated from the playoffs and everybody's going to kind of be like, I wasn't expecting that? I think, um, I think, and I'm going to get to my answer at the end here because I think it's going to surprise people. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you look at this and you look and, you, you know, you can't, you can't really choose a four and a five seed in a situation because you look at Miami and Indiana, pretty um, evenly touted teams as far as talent goes, as far as their um, game plan goes. They're both very defensive teams. Um, if you look at the four and five on the West, um, who are we looking at? Um, Houston West, and OKC. Houston, yeah, Houston, OKC. So, it, again, two teams that are very similar in only reason they're similar right now is because there's no Russell, Russell Westbrook, in which may not there may not be any Russell Westbrook for the first for this first round. So very even even matched teams. Then you move on to like the three and the six, the Jazz and the Nuggets. You can you can barely say those two names without saying the Jazz twice and the Nuggets twice because they remind you so much of each other. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I can get the colors mixed up, I can get the players mixed up because it's just one of those teams that's got had a lot a lot of similarities. So there's your three and six on the West. Then you move over to the East and you look at your three and six. And who we looking at in the East? Um, East three and six. That's uh, ain't that Boston Philly? Boston Philly. So and now in that one, this is one of those where you can be surprised, right? Because you can be surprised if you see Philly pull this off with no Ben Simmons. That would definitely be surprising. Not gonna happen though. Yeah, they, no. Down, <laughs> it's a little ugly so, right now. I don't know. Not gonna happen. They're down two already. You know, it's just you know even when B has a strong game, um, you really got to count on Tobias Harris to come out strong. You really got to count count on. Uh, Matisse Tybo. And I just the, hate their team. They yeah, got that it's, funky lineup. It's just a like, real – Brett Brown really has to figure something out, out there, and I don't think he has the talent to figure it out. That's going to be the problem because you got guys like Kim. I, I don't even have to go into that. Um, so moving on. You look at one <laughs> and eight, you don't you, – the way Damian Lillard is playing right now, he could beat anybody. They can beat anybody. So that's no surprise here if they were to beat the Lakers. Would it be an upset to LeBron's um, 17-year career at this point? Yes, would it be shocking? Say, definitely, yes. Yeah, definitely. Would it be shocking to to the world of basketball? Not really, okay? Because it's just like you know, Damian Lillard is one of the hottest players in the league right now. He's averaging over thirty points over the last three games. So that leaves you with the Bucks and the Magic and the Clippers and the Mavericks. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Bucks are going to lose to the Orlando like Magic. I know where you're going it's just this. not going to happen. So you like got to really come. You got to look at the system, and you got to look oh. at this. You say Luka Doncic oh. and, and Kristaps Porzingis were they really out of that game in Game One? Maybe not because only Kristaps. Only reason that they, they that they got um, that they got and they only lost by eight points. Yeah. So the only reason they was in that position is because the that rest ejection, called them. That ejection it, changed it, the game. It changed the morality of the game. So you look at this and you say, well. 
Playoff P is <laughs> playoff P right now in the middle of August. Poor, piss poor. Uh, and it's not just because it's in the month of June that he's that bad or, or May. It's just playoff P. I love the guy. I love his talent, but he's just not that guy in the playoffs. He comes alive for a couple of shots. He's not consistent. So you say, well, damn, you, you, so Kawhi have to go out there and score 50 points. You don't have a big man. Zubac, not going to, Zubac isn't going to go out there and get you 20 points. Louis, Montrez, Montrez Hero, they had to get going. They had to get their world war machine going. But... How can you really do that when you when you're exhorting so much energy on defense to guard Luka Doncic? You can't even keep Luka in the game because he's a, he's not an asset on the defensive side of the ball. So Luka Doncic, his age at the age of 20, 21, it plays very well into his hands to be able to go out there and have the energy that he has, get guys in foul trouble, continue to put up great shots, and then you got Christoph Porzingis who, at any given day, can get you 20, 25 points. Not to mention uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Not nice to mention Seth Curry, boy. who's stepping up in his Seth big. boy, Seth, that man. Look, I watched Seth torch the Clippers yesterday for about 11 straight points, okay? So Rick Carlisle had to be extremely happy with this, with this offense right now. And then Tim Hardaway, you know, actually stepping into the point where he can create his own shots. He's kind of having that confidence. When this team is confidence, confident, it's nothing that the Clippers can do with it, okay? And then you got Pat Beverly, who's questionable for game three on a Friday. So, well, one one Patrick Beverly is going to be the X factor for the for the for the for the Clippers. I gotta say that the Mavericks can walk away from this with this um, with this win with this playoff series in seven games. That's just the way it is because you, I ain't even missing Boban Bogdanovic. You rain, you rain. Okay, so hey, Boban. They just have a good system, man. They don't even have the depth that the Clippers got. So just a little, that's just makes it a little more scary to see that they had an eight-man rotation versus the Clippers' nine, ten-man rotation, and it's just a scary sight if you if you the Clippers, man. Yeah, when I seen Michael kill Gary Chris hit a three, that kind of that kind of had me like, okay, <laughs> they got this month. Like, they had no shots nowhere else. Confidence. He hit the first three he shoot in the game. I didn't even see him hit a three in Kentucky. <laughs> I didn't even hit. What was the last time you heard MKG name? Man, yeah. I mean, and it's all about fit. You know, that's what we talk about a lot of times. Um, I I can I can kind of see that happen. I can kind of see the Mavs pulling off that upset. But at the same time, I kind of don't. I'm not even going to lie. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's tough. Like, just because... The Clippers just got so much firepower, and that was a bad – they had a bad night. Like, they wasn't doing nothing in transition last night. They clearly – Paul George couldn't throw it in the ocean last night. Like, it was was a bad game all around. Lou Will wasn't playing his best, period. And, you know, if he's not playing – like you just said, if he's not playing good on offense or they're not featuring him offensively, he needs to be on the court because he's not a defensive factor at all. And they were literally just switching – if anybody was watching the game last night, that's all the Mavericks were doing. Whoever Lou Will was out there on, they were setting the screen to switch them on to wherever they wanted to isolate. They were just going in. So, I mean, I think it's possible. I would more so lean towards, and this may not be, like, that would definitely be more shocking than what I'm about to say mm-hmm. if they pulled that off. But I could definitely see the Jazz knocking off the Nuggets from what I've seen yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, without Conley. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, without Conley. The Nuggets, they just just got uh, just lost Gary Harris and Will Barton too. But I mean, the first game went into OT. Donovan Mitchell had a hell of a game, and now I think Conley's supposed to be coming back. 
if not the next game, maybe the game after. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to play tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, though. Yeah, he is. He's, supposed to, um, he's expected to play game three. Which yeah, that's is what I thought. Scary. That is. <laughs> so, I mean, I could, I could very much see them knocking off the Nuggets. I could see the Mavs taking out the Clippers, too. Um, I just more so see that going either six or seven with the Clippers coming out on top. I can see the Mavs pulling off one more, but I think the Clippers definitely winning game three after that, after the way they just lost last night. That was not not their best game. But with that being said, who do you feel like has the best shot right now to take it all home? To take it all home right now, it's, it's, like you said, it's a tough call. I think the team that has it together the most right now that you haven't seen any type of you know, irregular play from I would probably have to say it's between, I'm, and I hate to be biased here, but I'm gonna have to say it's my my, my Miami Heat. They've been the team that that's they have put it all together. Like they've been the one team. <laughs> what? Listen, listen to me. The Miami Heat. And I told you just before. Remember at, the remember at the beginning of the season, I told you about the my Miami Heat, bro. I told you, I told you, bro. That the Miami Heat continue to play Miami Heat basketball, which is nitty gritty basketball. They just you know. And on on the defensive side of the ball, nobody can really have their way per se, right? Because they have a guy like Jimmy Butler who's the face of grit, and then you got Duncan Robinson. His who's face does look pretty gritty. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Played in a good shape. I mean, Duncan Robinson, arguably the best three point shooter in the game right now. He went seven for eight today. Um, Gordon Drake, as long as he stays healthy, a, a quality He's balling man. Again, that's what I'm saying. Across the board, this team has been the most complete. Um, and it's, you look at your rookie and Tyler Hero. Look at Bam Adebayo, one of the most underrated big men in the league right now. Who has the he, he's just very agile, agile for a big man. Uh, agility is just it's just great. So it's just different when you look at the Miami Heat as far as everybody else that you've seen. You see holes in OKC. You see holes in Houston. You see holes in in, in LA. Uh, you see holes in, in Portland. Honestly, that's you do. Um, that's been the one team that's had it all together, and I say the team right under them would be the, the, um, the Celtics. I was going to say, I definitely, right now, from what I've seen, I got the Celtics coming out the East. Jason Tatum, that boy's been dogging. He is a straight dog. If he can keep it consistent, that's the thing with him, though. Like, he'll go for 40 and 50, and then all of a sudden he's 17, 12. Uh, yeah, your boy Steven Adams ain't. He ain't doing what you need him to do right now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I feel like me personally, who has the best shot right now, and like you said, it is tough because just looking and nobody looks flawless right now. I would probably say either the Celtics or Raptors are come up the East. And I'm still saying Lakers coming out the West. I think they about to get it together. I'm still going with the Lakers winning it all. I think they have the best shot to get it all together right now. They got the best. They got two top five players. I almost said the best two players in the bubble. <laughs> I don't know. That's debatable they do. for sure. They, I think they do. You know, that's debatable. But as definitely. long as they can get it together and get the role players on board and hit some freaking shots, I mean, that's the main problem. I think we'll be all right. Uh, I said we'll be all right. Since you want to talk about your, your Miami Heat, I'm going to go ahead and say we'll be all right as a Laker fan. Um but yeah, uh, with that being said, who do you feel like if there was a chance? Well, I guess you already kind of answered that. I was gonna say who do you feel like is would be the surprise team to win it all? That would be a surprise if the Heat came out on top for sure. Yeah, it would be a surprise to me if the Heat came out on, on on top. And to your point about the Celtics, man, those two guys like 
Jason Tatum has recently made me a believer, right? I'm not I'm not convinced on Jalen Brown. I'm not convinced on Jalen Brown that he's gonna go out there and be this dogmatic person every single night. Mentality wise, yes. Production wise, I just don't know I'm gonna get that out of him every single day because those two are pretty inconsistent when you look at their overall game, you look at their history. They're not the most consistent when it comes to playoffs. Uh, can you rely on a Kimball Walker to step up? You know, it, it, it's they're probably the best too. And I think I heard somebody say this too, so I will preface my comments with that. But I think they are the second best wing duo combo in the league. Who's first? Paul George and Kawhi. Okay. Yeah. Outside of that, I don't think there's anybody else. That is. Wing, no. Wings, you know, yeah. guards. We ain't talking about yeah. Dame and CJ or whatever. Right, right, right. Wings. I think they're the best. Combo and they're so young, like that's that that's it right there. A question. This is a little bit off topic, but yeah. somebody's been saying this for a while, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. After what we've seen from Devin Booker in the bubble, and just recently, I mean, throughout the whole season, he's had a hell of a year. Do you feel like he is the best player under twenty five right now? Depends on who else is under twenty five. Uh, <laughs> Jason Tatum on the 25. Jason Tatum is Okay, he's better than Jason Tatum. Is he better than Is he better than Luca? There we go. That's what I was going to say. Let That's me what just it comes down to. Let me just skip to the chase and let me just say who I feel like. Because that was a debate. Somebody brought it up to me and said that they feel like Devin Booker is the best player right now under 25 in the NBA. My first, the first person I brought up was Luka Doncic, and that's tough that was because Devin Book has been in the league for what four years. Four or five years. That's what I. That's, and that was my point. Too. <laughs> I was like, this man's been in the league four or five years, and you know, Luka's been a professional for yeah. a, a long time, but it's not the NBA. Is what I always like to say. It's professional. He's playing against grown men, yes, but this is still a different style. Yeah, of play. USA also different wins league. gold every single exactly. year. So, so with that, said, with, that was a perfect point. I appreciate you saying that. So with that being said, I personally feel like what we're seeing from Luca on his team, like Devin Booker was just able to elevate his team. Now, mind you, I would say Luca's definitely in a better situation than what Devin is being in Dallas and being in Phoenix. A little bit dysfunctional ownership and stuff in Phoenix. Yeah. They've been battling for a while. But... I feel like what Luca's been able to instantly do when he's came into the league, this is year two. He is now in the playoffs as a seven seed, just beat the Clippers, could have beat him game one. We've seen what happened with the ejection, just beat him last night. Gonna possibly push that series to six or seven games, regardless of the outcome. Right. I feel like that's hard to say that he's not better than Devin Booker right now. And everything he can do on the floor. I, he's I, a walking triple double. I'm about to say, I think that just his overall game, man, like he's a floor general. Devin Booker isn't a point guard, and that's where the, that's where the discretion, but you know that's where the difference kind of. His playmaking got better this year. Playmaking got better, but Luca is the overall better playmaker. You talking about his passing ability, his 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 vision, and then the passing ability to make passes that not too many people can make. How often do we see sit here and say, "Dang, who who else can make that pass besides a LeBron James?" Or you know. You just don't get the chance to say that often with Devin Booker. It's like, damn, who can make that shot? But I can also say that about Luka. We watched him shoot from the corner last year behind the backboard and make a shot. So it's like... Yeah. Devin Booker also went for 72. Devin Booker went for 70, but Luka can go for 50 and then 20 assists if that, you wanted to. So that's, <laughs> that, why that's 50 points and then you assisted on at least 40 other points. Yeah. So, so that's why I said for me, like, they're two different players. Devin's a scorer. Now he's starting to become more of a facilitator, which has made his team better. Yeah. Luka came into the league as somebody that can score, but he's 
also can rebound and facilitate. Like I said, he's damn near a walking triple double. So yes, yeah. I feel like personally he's the best player under twenty five right now. Um and I feel like honestly, you know, Devin Booker's a hell of a player, but I feel like there's a couple other players you can argue in there too, you know, against Devin Booker, which mm. like I would bring up Jason Tatum. Yeah. I would bring up Brandon Ingram. I would bring up well not yet, but he's coming. Trey Young. He's coming, yeah, definitely. He's coming. Definitely, definitely. He's coming. So, I mean, like, just those couple of names right there. I mean, and I think Giannis is 25 exactly, so he's not yeah. – I wouldn't really count Man, him. Yeah, you, you compare LeBron. You compare him to LeBron. Kawhi, Already. So. Like, that's – and if he ever get a jump shot, it may be, <laughs> may be wraps for him. But I know we got to wrap up here soon. Um, so, the last thing I want to ask you, we got the lottery happening tonight. Who do you feel like will be next year's number one pick? Man. I think before you answer, though, I think yeah. it's I think it's very – Circumstantial depends on who gets the number one pick, mm-hmm. which determines what player to me. Because if Golden State gets the number one pick, you can automatically count out Lamelo Ball to me. Yeah, um, that's looking like a James Wise, James Wiseman, possibly Anthony Edwards. Um, but out the gate, I don't see them drafting somebody who's going to need the ball in their hands with Steph yeah. being there. If New York gets it, I feel like that could be a Lamelo Ball pick. But go ahead, I don't want to oh, take good. away too much. Go you, ahead. What do, you, what do you feel like is going to be the number one? Um, honestly, man, I feel like even though the Hawks are right outside that third, out of that top three, I feel like it might be the Hawks. I feel like they're going to get the number one pick and they're going to stay with the hometown kid and Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, yeah. and um, if the Hawks were to get it, I think that's the right pick for them. You talk, even, even with like Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, you still think? Yeah, I, I do because you got to look at the depth. You know, right now the NBA is kind of is trying to approach that 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 area where it's like, how much depth can you have? How much depth can you have, and how many shooters can you have on the floor? Um, so, with Anthony Edwards, and you got guys like Trey Young who can, who can facilitate, and a lot of teams are playing smaller these days. Um, so, you may not need a Clint Capella down there the whole time. So, I think. That the Hawks could get it, and if they don't get it, I believe you know, you know, look at a team like uh, the Timberwolves, who can obviously make that make things better for Car Anthony Towns before he decides to leave. You know, so uh, those are my two teams that I think are going to come out on top as far as the draft. I would hate to see the Golden State Warriors get this because if you're the NBA, if you're the other 31 teams, you do not want to see. Um, that's like how that Philly year went, though. Yeah. They got it. They just botched it. Yeah. That's, that's why I feel like sometimes, though, with with a good team having the number one pick, it doesn't always work for your benefit mm-hmm. because you're trying to look for fit. Right. But not necessarily looking for the best for player. For future, right. You know what I'm saying? Which Markel at the time was highly regarded as the number one pick, but look, man. I always felt like Tatum was a dog. I really liked Josh Jackson at the time, too. I'm surprised he didn't turn out to be but, more than what he was. And, she, and I don't know if you noticed, but Josh Jackson was actually supposed to go to the Celtics. Um, Danny Ainge was actually going yeah. to draft him, but he had he a little attitude. Show up. He didn't want to show up for the workout. He yeah. wanted to go to Phoenix. He wanted to go to Phoenix. So, you know, there you have it. There, there you have it. If he, is he still in Phoenix? Where is he now? Nah, I haven't heard his he name was with last the year. Grizzlies. He was just playing right. with the Grizzlies just this year. the Grizzlies. You're right. So, so yeah, I mean, he was out the league for a minute, and now the Grizzlies picked him up. But see, again, it comes down to your executive personnel. So if you got a guy like Danny Ainge up there, you got to trust that he's going to make the right decision. Over over there in Golden State, you got to know that they're going to make the right decision. You, I don't trust. I don't trust. I mean, I, I trust the Hawks will make the right decision. I don't trust that New York will make the right decision. I don't trust that. Um, 
the Timberwolves necessarily make the right. I don't trust Minnesota either. Yeah, I don't trust them make the right decision. So it, it, <laughs> outside of towns, they yeah, and that was just a duh well. pick. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they haven't drafted well. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what you think, man. Uh, who will be the number one pick? I think it's likely to be Anthony Edwards. Um, I think looking back on it, out of who will be selected in the top three, top five, I think people are gonna wish they drafted Lamelo Ball. Yeah. Not even going to lie. I mean, he has that same Lonzo effect as far as the star power. Right. But he's actually, I personally think, which I'm sure this isn't this isn't a hot take or anything, but he's better than Lonzo right now. Definitely. Like, I, there's, once he got, I feel like for me, though, like, I, and I still like Lonzo's game, but I feel like for LaMelo, once he got the passing aspect better in his game, he was able to do the same outlets and shit that Lonzo be doing. And right. his court vision got better and he slowed down and stopped doing stopped listening to his dad and doing whatever he wanted on the court and start acting like a real basketball player. Right. I feel like that took him to another level. Like his his whole game is totally different from Lonzo. He's a lot more flashy with his movements, you know what I'm saying? And like outside of the athleticism, I think he can have that John Morant impact coming into the league where he can take make his team better out the game. I agree. I think where he's at right now versus what Lamelo, uh, versus what Lonzo was at this age, he's better than Lonzo. He's far more advanced. So I think he has the edge coming to the league. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a team took him just to trade him off because if he's high, you know because it's like he has good trade stock. That would be a Golden State move. I yeah, see. definitely. D'Angelo Russell yeah, situation. Yeah, I can so, easily see that happening. Yeah. You got to look at it like that, and, and they say, hey, we don't necessarily need a ball handler. We can use some spot-up shooters. We, can, we can use some Kyle Corvers or something like that. Or do you ship him to Milwaukee and get rid of Paul, get rid of George Hill or Eric Bledsoe, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to look at it like that, you know, especially with that keep with that keep um, Giannis around in right. Milwaukee. There's so many situations that can, that, can, that can, you know, take place right now. Yeah, it, it can go any direction right now. I would definitely agree with you. Um, as far as team, I feel like it's going to get the number one pick. I think it's very possible that – I think Detroit is going up with it. Really? Yeah. Not even looking at the odds or anything. It's just when's the last time you heard something good happen for Detroit in a lottery? A long time. And I feel like right now, it just seems like it's everything's lining up for him. LaMelo, who I feel like is going to be the number one pick, he's been working out in Detroit this whole time during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Like, everything seems to be lining up for them to make that selection. So, right. I guess, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I know you got to go here soon, man. So, you got any closing thoughts while we wrap this up? Nah, man. You know, I think we did a great job covering all of this, man. I'm looking forward to coming back. You know, I'm looking forward to being back. I haven't done a lot of stuff on my own show personally as far as the opinionated stuff uh, episodes go. So I'm loving this. I'm loving being a guest for once, man. You got a lot of good stuff going, man. Anything you want to plug, you know? I know you're doing a lot AAU stuff right now. Yeah, man. You know, you guys can follow me on SportsWit. First of all, I'm Levon Whitaker with SportsWit. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-W-H-I-T-T, all one word. There we go. I'm on all social media platforms uh, with SportsWit. That's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, And then if you have any questions, anything like that, or you're interested, email me at sportswit at gmail.com. Also, catch me with the Indie Heat Gym Rats, man. I'm the uh, catch me on YouTube with the Indie Heat Gym Rats um, every week on Friday. Every Friday of the week, I am on uh, on the Indie Heat Gym Rats show on YouTube. All right, Levi, man. I appreciate you so much for coming on and joining me on the show today, man. Like I said in the beginning, it's been a long time coming. Look forward to having you back in the future. We can sit down and talk a little bit longer. Y'all can catch him on YouTube. Sports Wit, catch him on his social media pages. Go ahead and plug him one more time, man, just yep. to be safe. Yep, man, that's Sports Wit, S P O R T S W H I T T. And then Indie Heat Gym Rats, man, Sports Wit. 
Make sure y'all checking in. I'm uh, I'm everywhere, man. So just check me out and continue to support your boy uh, Josh here with Hold On Let Me Finish, man. I'm glad to see you come back up and running, man. I've been checking every episode out, bruh. Looking forward to working with you again in the future, man. Y'all make sure y'all support your boy, man. He going places for real. I appreciate that so much, bro. Like I said on the pilot, man, you helped motivate me to get back in it. I was like, man, I can't have somebody keep inviting me on their show. And I ain't even got my own show no more. Like, I got to get something going back. So I appreciate you, man, for getting me back into the swing of things. And like I said, we got to do this again, man. Let's go ahead and watch the rest of this game. OKC okay, about to lose me some money. I'm upset, y'all. I'll catch y'all later, man.